Welcome to Strategize Your Business Online by Boswell Buck Creative Consulting. I am your host and digital marketing strategist, Dee Boswell Buck. Taking charge of finances can be overwhelming and sometimes maybe a little scary, but it doesn't have to be. In fact, sometimes life can be a little sweeter with a little planning. Sunny Wishart is the president and founder of A La Carte Financial and this is her tagline. Earlier in her career, before entering the financial industry, Sunny was a classically trained pianist and music teacher for several years. Teaching and mentorship became foundational in her approach to helping clients because, like music, the fundamentals of finance aren't as easy as they appear. In fact, they take practice, guidance, and understanding from an a tentative teacher and coach. As a fee-based financial planner, Sunny prioritizes unbiased, objective financial advice and holds honesty and integrity as a defining value. Today, we're going to talk about getting clarity on your personal finances and how they can help you focus on your business. You're listening to Strategize Your Business Online, designed for entrepreneurs like yourself who are looking to get more visibility strategically for your business in the online space. I'm Dee Boswell Buck, digital marketing strategist and founder of Boswell Buck Creative. Welcome to another episode of Strategize Your Business Online. I'm really excited about this episode today. Today, we're going to talk about getting clarity on your personal finances and how it can help you focus on your business. And my guest today is the lovely Sunny Wishart, who is the president of A La Carte Financial. Sunny, thank you for being here and welcome to the show. Thanks, Dee, for that awesome intro. (laughs) It's cute. You're very awesome. So it was very easy to do. So Sunny, if we can get started, if you can get started by introducing yourself and telling us what it is that you do. Okay, I'll try to keep that in a nutshell. Yeah, so Sunny Wishart, President Alicart Financial. I've been at this, I've been running Alicart for five years in January. What do I do? I think the main thing I like to think that I do is help families get some clarity on their finances and get more of a finger on the pulse of the money going in and out of their household and feeling more confident in going forward financially to their goals. So what exactly do you mean by having more clarity on their finances? Well, oftentimes you'll find or you may notice yourself like you look at all your finances and it seems a bit confusing. You're looking at money coming in, it's going out you're not making really heads or tails of it. So you you have your bank accounts, perhaps you have three, six, seven, eight bank accounts, and they're all just not really working towards anything. You've got credit cards, but they're again, not working as well as they could, or if you have debts, or even if you have a bunch of investments all over the place, and you're wondering, why am I not seeing the returns I'd like to see? It's about getting that stuff streamlined, and having a plan and having each account working for a purpose. 
instead of just being there and your kind of money's coming in and you're just grabbing from wherever. So creating more of a purpose with your finances and looking at everything as a whole. Oh, okay. That's pretty, pretty awesome. Like I think back to when, so I'm an entrepreneur now and I was thinking back to when I had my nine to five and things were a little bit easier because, you know, my, my full-time job would give me the paycheck. And I remember when we were getting, my husband and I were at the time engaged and thinking we're getting married and whatnot. And I had these different accounts. I had an account for the wedding and I remember having an account for the house someday. And then we got married and then I became an entrepreneur. And it's like everything that you mentioned, like there's the investments that I made over time with my workplace and we have a little one in our what is it? R-E-S-P. Yep. Yep. R-E-S-P. All these different things that are happening. So now it's like you're, you know, before you're one and then different ha- things happen in your life. And now there's a whole bunch of other things that now you have to juggle. So I guess it can get very confusing. Yeah. And like you said, life changes. Those are all very big changes. Leaving corporate, entrepreneurship, marriage, child, buying a house. Those are massive milestones. And at each milestone, you do have to sit down and reevaluate the finances instead of just doing it and hoping it works out. You'll be so much more successful if you have a plan in place for each milestone. It's not that they're not achievable. It's just here's the plan. And it just it helps you sleep at night a little better, knowing that this is what I'm going to do. And then it creates a goal, too. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm thinking back again. I'll be thinking about back a lot in this episode here. And I remember, you know, it was 1994. I started my registered retirement savings plan, RRSPs. Yeah. And now we, at the time of this recording, we're in 2021 and I'm going to be like 60 in like nine years. It's like, what the heck, right? (laughs) So the goals have definitely changed. So in January, you said that you are going to be hitting the five-year mark in your business, right? Congratulations. Well, can you tell me about your journey? Like, have you always had this business? Yeah, and it launched January 2017. Prior to that, I was living the corporate dream. But I feel like I'm a bit of a classic case where we were two households working corporate and we had a little one and we were all burning out and we thought this isn't working. We don't have to live this way. So I took a step back and I just exited corporate with no real plan in mind to look after the little one. But then I realized being at home all day wasn't, I wasn't cut out for that. I missed planning. I love planning. I worked really hard to get the CFP designation and I didn't want to lose it. So I thought, well, I'll start dabbling a little bit. And I did some plans for the moms in the mommy group to help them kind of make heads or tails of that EI struggle, like going back to work and how much time they can take off. And I was really enjoying it. So that's what sparked the a la carte, helping all families with all money instead of what I was doing before in corporate was where I was working with the high net worth helping rich families either get richer or pass their money on tax efficiently to the next gen. So this was so much more fulfilling and it allowed us to have the flexibility that I could still work, but still get to that school bell now and pick up and all that stuff. So you talked about, you know, your family, everybody was burning out. 
and you left your job with not a real plan. So my question is, because you worked at fine, well, you're working now, but you worked in finances. Like, so you jumped into not working for a nine to five. What kind of planning took place for you? Like, was there some sort of financial planning? Oh, there's a hundred percent of financial plan to this step. I just, I mentally had no plan of what I was going to do because I rolled up my sleeves and we made heads or tails of our money to make sure we could do this. We had to make massive, massive lifestyle changes, obviously to lose a salary, but we realized, well, our quality of life would be tenfold. So we don't get the fancy food delivery (laughs) and I don't go to my fancy gym and I have to clean my own toilets. But those are just changes we had to make that were like, well, pros and cons, it really worked out in our favor. So we did, we did the plan. We said, yes, we can do this. And yes, it is worth it. And so we just looked at me exiting corporate full stop and not generating any income. And we went worst case scenario. So so you mentioned the term because this podcast is being heard by people outside of Canada, CFP. Can you explain what that stands for? Yeah. So that here in Canada is a certified financial planning designation. I started working towards that in, my gosh, when I started working in a bank branch in 2006, they offer you some courses and I was kind of picking away at courses in my spare time. And this was out in the East Coast in in Nova Scotia. And then when we moved to Ontario, I got an opportunity to to do the full CFP, to do the big exams and pass. And once you get this, it's a a gold standard in financial planning. And it's what anyone should look for if they need some help with their financial plan. They should look in Canada for someone in good standing with the CFP qualification. It basically means I have a governing body. So I have to answer to FP Canada. If a client has a complaint, they can formally file a complaint against me, which I think is good because that protects them from any misconduct and things like that. So yeah, that's the CFP designation. I went along on your website and I love your website. What I like about your website, Sunny, is that, you know, usually when somebody goes to a financial planning website, the website is green. I guess that means money, right? And it's somebody in a suit and they look very studious and serious. And I think to myself, no, this person here or this company is going to be very judgy. There's like a lot of fonts and things like that. However, when I get to your website, you know, we've got some welcoming colors happening here, which I really like. I I, I always appreciate branding and, and things like that. And you have on your website, life is sweeter with a little planning. I love that. <laughs> what made I'm you decide so, to put that on your website? I'm so fortunate. So the folks that did my branding and my website are friends and they said, let's sit down. And I, and I, I engaged, they, they run a business that does this and I engaged them and they said, we want to sit down and chat. So they know me and what a difference that makes when it gets down to branding, really understanding the person you're branding for. And they asked, you know, what do you, how do you want to project your website? And I knew out of the gate that I wanted my brand and my tagline and all that stuff to have to do with 
do you, I don't know about you, but I, I'm a, I love sweets, right? Like baked goods. I want it to, to be like in those girly books where the bakery shop and she's got cupcakes and cookies and I want it to be sweet and fluffy and frosting kind of look because I love the sweets and I wanted to be kind of like that. And I think that's just such a welcoming feeling. You feel happy when you walk into those shops. So I kind of wanted to mimic that kind of feeling. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I guess, you know, finances could be something that's so personal and sometimes people feel ashamed by it. So what a nice thing to see when they get to your website, having that welcoming feeling. Yeah. So tell me a bit about some of your services. Like one of the services that I, and I love your title, we have here, Clean the Money Clutter. What is that about? That is my boot camp service. That is let, you're looking at all this stuff and you just can't make heads or tails of it. Well, then hand it over to me and I'll make heads or tails of it. And I'll give you a strategic plan of what to do. I'll take three month statements from all your banking, all your credit cards, every product that money touches. I'll analyze everything and I'll tell you where your spending is going. I'll roll up my sleeves and I'll say, hey, this is what you're spending on this. And I'll categorize it and then create a strategy going forward on how to optimize. So, you know, did you realize you're spending $120 a month on banking fees? Let's fix that up. Let's see how we can make that cheaper because I'm not a I'm fee averse. I don't like them. So let's see what we can do to optimize that. Or, you know, oh, you're carrying balances on high interest rate cards. Here are some solutions and strategies to that. Like I get down to the nitty gritty of finance that I just don't find there's enough out there to educate people on how to, how that nickel and diming can really set you back on all those fees and stuff like that. And how to, so I'll create a plan to just get you out of that, streamline everything and just save those pennies. They, they, everyone matters to me anyway. (laughs) And are some of those strategies, like I think some of those, some of those strategies, could they feel a little negative or scary? Like don't spend any more or no, (laughs) this would be my worst one, Sunny. You cannot get your hair done, (laughs) right? Yeah. So what are some of those things? Like, is that some of the strategies that you roll out, like we take it away. And when everything is done, you can start styling your hair in 12 years. I know, right? Isn't that the worst? <laughs> when people hear the word budget, that's what they think. I'm going to jail. This is it. And you're right. So it's funny because we all know what our vice is. Everyone has a vice, whether it's getting the hair done or the nails done, or it's fancy makeup or it's smoking you know, it doesn't matter. I'm not here to judge what your vice is. I'm just here to get you real about what it costs to manage it. And for you to have a plan on you want to get your hair done this intervals for this amount of money. This is how much we have to set aside for it. The end. There's no really ifs, ands, or buts. It's, and if you don't like it, you're the one who has the power to make change. But I, I like, like you mentioned that word kind of shameful and One of my favorite analogies when it comes to money, budgeting, and being concerned about your spending habits, you know, like you have this underlying worry that you're spending on things you shouldn't, is it? it's so much like diet and exercise. We all know what we should be doing. You don't need anyone to really tell you how to eat well and how to exercise a little better or eat a little better. We all know 
And every time you don't, you've chosen not to. It's, and then you feel all guilty about it. And then you think, well, I'll just start again Monday. And the best part is if you just start again Monday, that was, that's good. It's when you just give up and every day you never start or never try. So I, it's a lot like that when it comes to your, your expenses and making them is that, okay, so you slipped off the wagon on the weekend and you went a little nuts. Start again Monday. <laughs> there you go. That's it. Now, earlier you talked about, you know, taking everybody's, you know, I guess like, I guess something like statements and stuff like that. And, and so you can understand what's happening. Now, does that happen in your getting to know you process? No, the getting to know you process is, well, there's a couple ways to do it. I have a questionnaire that I like to send out first. And it kind of asks things like your feelings around money. Like what keeps you up at night? What's stressing you out about your money? How do you feel about the people who are in charge of your money right now, like your bank or your advisor? And just kind of, you know, in the case where it's couples, it's great for couples to sit down and, and communicate about those things. And then I like to have a call as well. And the call is really more for me to hear what their major goals are. And then the, we have a great, com- I'm a really good listener. And I find all I do is listen mostly and I get most of the information I need for where your major concerns are, where your major areas are that we will work on, we will focus on in in your plan, work there and then put them to your goals. So these are your goals and these are your concerns and this is what we're going to do to go from A to B with this stuff. So that's more what it's like when it's the getting to know you. It's a lot of I just want to hear what you have to say. So I wanted to know, you know, like we're still in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. And just recently, there's like another variant, but we're not talking about that. But I do have a (laughs) question. Yep. Has your business changed since the pandemic hit? I was trying to think about that. And not like the only way it has really changed was to force me into the virtual world because I was not really in it. I was more of a hands-on meet at the kitchen table kind of advisor, but it's really for my business itself. It's thrown that, which is kind of great. It's holy time saving. I'm able to have meetings and zip and do my work and things like that. So, but when it came to my client, I did have quite a few calls about people who had reduced pay and we did some quick zip ups, but I also had quite a few calls about people who were seriously stashing money away because they weren't paying for all the things they had to pay for to run their regular lives. And to kind of see how exciting that was, because all of a sudden these goals they were working for, they're able to check them all off the list quite quickly and to see how motivated they were by, hey, if I just save this little bit amount of money, I can really get a lot of stuff done. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Now, have you seen any, okay, so I guess that would be one of the the trends that were, that was happening. And I did hear that on the news that, you know, the way people were spending money, but I I was also wondering, like, was there more spending happening in the way of eating out, for instance? So like we're in Ontario, Canada, you know, we experienced a lot of lockdowns, for instance, right? So did you see any families or any individuals who were impacted by the different ways of spending? 
So doing takeout for one. And I would say another thing that I saw was that initially, like no one wanted, a lot of businesses, they didn't want to take cash. So then there was a lot of tapping. And I know you mentioned that you did not like the service charges. So yeah, like were there like a lot of more negative things that were happening as well? Well, that on the takeout side, that's always been a thing in my world, yeah. like with planning takeout, everybody's guilty of takeout. What it was definitely when I was doing the budgeting boot camp, I had to pivot to plastic, like tapping and things like that. Cause I'm not putting anybody on cash like I originally would do. So I had to create a strategy around, you know, mental accounting, as I call it. Cause when you tap, but it's not just that actually the other big problem is those Amazon purchases. Every time I walked the neighborhood at night and I saw those boxes on all those doorsteps, me included, I'm just guilty. (laughs) That is definitely those online orders. I think being home, we didn't get to go in those atmospheres. We poke around a store. So poke around online and you have a little treat sent to your door was a nice pick me up when you weren't really allowed to go anywhere. Right. So a lot of those boxes and online purchases, I find they got tricky to start accounting for. Like, how much are you really spending on your online? And I am not perfect in that category. (laughs) So I'm the first to sympathize. It's a funny conversation in our household. You know, my husband, he pointed out, it's like our neighbor gets a package once to two times a day. Don't you notice that? Like, I don't, I'm not looking at those, but... But then once he mentioned it, I'm like, wow, they are always like a vehicle's always coming up. So it's so funny. And the other day I went to the drive-thru to get a coffee and I, you know, I've been trying to stick with cash and I only had a $50 bill. I think I wanted a cookie and a coffee. And they said that they didn't have change for my $50 bill. It, it was a bit of a hoopla. I'm like, so you're telling me I can't have this cookie and coffee. Are you telling me I have to spend an extra dollar something at the bank so I could have this cookie and coffee. (laughs) So eventually, I mean, I really wanted it and I got, I got the change back, but I'm just seeing a lot of the things that are, you know, some of the habits that are being forced upon us, you know, now that we, you have to order online maybe more often or you have to do a lot of tapping. Very interesting. Yeah. So you also, you know, you have a blog on your website Mm-hmm. So do you write that blog yourself? Mm-hmm. You do? <laughs> I love them. So how long does it take you to write a blog post? Oh, not long. What ha- I Obviously, I don't have a system. So they're, they're posted kind of when the mo- when I get an idea, it'll take me 20 minutes to write a blog post. When I get an idea, if I don't have an idea, I can't just sit there and come up with one. I'm like, just stare at the screen. But once I have an idea, that's it. I can just fire them up in about 20 minutes. Yeah. So what would inspire these ideas? Is it that you're out and about and you've heard a conversation or you heard something on the news and you got mad and you're like, I've got the perfect solution and I'm going to write a blog post? (laughs) Sometimes. Yeah, I just heard a radio commercial on the way over here and I wanted to throttle the radio because it's like, it's a man saying, oh, look at this Christmas gift list I can't afford this year. And they're talking about some money mart situation, like go borrow money for your Christmas gifts. And I'm like, no, this is terrible. Ad. Never do that. 
<laughs> what are you so the blog post <laughs> coming up is five reasons why you shouldn't borrow money to buy Christmas gifts, right? Oh, or borrow against early against your paycheck or whatever your sometimes most of the times my blog posts come, as you've probably seen their personal experiences, because I think it's valuable to share that I'm no saint and the money decisions I have to make regularly to keep our financial plan safe. Like we just sold our second car, but I looked, I did the math. It broke my heart to sell that car. Don't need it. It was an influx of cash in our house and we stay on track with all our goals. Well, it's done. You know, it's, it's okay. Our life, we still live a good life and it's okay. But I like to share that with everyone so they know that like money's hard and I get it. And these choices are hard. And you know, I sobbed when that car drove away. <laughs> but so I want, I guess, to try to be relatable as well, that I'm not that perfect person in a suit with that face. And I'm going to tell you what to do with your money. I, I've, I've seen a lot. And there was the blog series about my history with money and how it spiraled downhill and the mess I made and how I crawled out of it. So where do you share your blog? Are they just on your website or do you share them out on social media, newsletter? Good. Often, yeah, I'll, when I type it up on my website, it's all through Wix. And then you can share. So I'll share on Facebook and I'll share on LinkedIn. Those are the two that I use once I post it. Yeah. So you're on Facebook and you're on LinkedIn. You, what, do you love those platforms? I'm a creature of habit. So I'm comfortable using Facebook. I'm comfortable using LinkedIn. Well, LinkedIn, I like it because it is a professional network and it is kind of where I should be when I'm in finance. It makes sense. And Facebook, like I said, because I'm comfortable and I just, so I, I have a page on there that I use. Okay. I, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. I used to love Facebook, but for me, you know, I've been like hitting LinkedIn again. I like the engagement that happens there. And I'm an Instagram person. I looked for you on Instagram. Not that it's wrong. You, we don't have to be everywhere. I didn't find you, but I, you know, I know we are connected on LinkedIn. So outside of your blogs, like what other types of content do, do you share? Well, right now I'm doing like a giveaway. So I'm doing like a marketing thing on Facebook, uh, 10 days of book giveaways. So my husband published a book. I bought some from him and then I create a little Christmas goodie bag. So it's kind of like a stocking. So I ask a financial health question like, hey, what's a perfect credit score? How much grant do you get from this RESP education savings stuff for your kids? And then if you play along, you can win. So I'm doing that right now. I do videos as well on the Facebook page. I don't put that on LinkedIn. It's more of a relaxed kind of thing. But again, if I hear like an ad on the radio that really fires me up, I'll hop on a quick video and I'll say what I think about that. I'm going to have to like go and check out your Facebook page. And yeah, you'll see that I'll be D. Basel Buck liked this latest video. D. Basel Buck liked the video two months ago. <laughs> you'll see that <laughs> So to wrap up, Sunny, what is on the horizon for Alicart? Great question. I, you know, talk to my business coach about that all the time. Something I, I like to keep, I remind myself constantly is that the spirit of this business is I've always wanted it to grow organically. 
I don't purchase marketing or anything like that because I am at the mercy of the school bell and virtual learning and my flexibility is everything to me. But I do recognize that my kiddo's getting older and someday he's going to be holed up in a basement having nothing to do with me. So <laughs> that's when I plan on ramping it up. And I can see over like my 10 year plan is to just grow this business and bring more planners on who have the same beliefs as me on how they want to help people and really bring this type of planning to everyone's table. Everyone deserves a real plan. Yeah. I love that. So you're going to go into boss mode. Oh yeah, that's happening. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. So Sadi, where are the best two places that we could find out more about you online? My website, alacartfinancial.ca. And if you like just tidbits of information and to see what Alacart's up to, my Facebook page is pretty up to date as well. And so is the LinkedIn, but Facebook first. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess we could hop on to your email list from your website and you send out content quite often, not spamming folks, but you send out really great content in the inboxes, correct? It's true. I'll do up a newsletter or just with the latest bit of what's happening or some information on some things coming down the pipe with finances or how to optimize. I'll put tidbits of info in the newsletter and I send it. I try for monthly, but I miss November. So, okay. Well, you know, I, I, I do enjoy them. I didn't, I, didn't see that you missed November. Well, thank you so much, Sunny, for being on the podcast. And all of these links that you mentioned, we are going to have them on the website as well. Awesome. Thanks, Dee. Great question. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Strategize Your Business Online. If you found value in what you heard today, please leave us a review. And feel free to share this podcast with someone you think who would love it. You just might get a shout out on an upcoming episode. Make sure to subscribe so you automatically get notified when a new episode is released. Do you find the online space challenging when it comes to increasing your brand's visibility? Visit my website and register for my monthly free masterclass. Or connect with me on Instagram. You can head over to dboswellbuck.com and you'll find all the links that you need right there. It's always my goal to align your business goals strategically with your online presence. We'll see you on the next episode.